0: In this episode of Ask Ted, how to disrupt yourself, knowing your personal limit with exercise and how to do more pull-ups. In fact, I've written a program on how to do more pull-ups. So if that's something you're struggling with, make sure you go to legendarylifepodcast.com, almost forgot my website there, and sign up for the email newsletter. I will send it to you. Okay, Or you can email me, ted at legendarylifepodcast.com. Send me an email asking me for the pull-up, how to improve your pull-ups, and I will send that to you. And this is something that I've written. I'm really good at writing programs. It's a three-month, improving, uh, a three-month program to improve the number of pull-ups you can do. And even if you're already doing a lot of pull-ups, you can throw on a weighted vest and follow this program and you will get stronger and most likely jack up your lap and uh, bicep muscles a little bit. So with that said, let's jump right into it. I've got another very special announcement, special to me because in this time of year, we're all getting ready for 2016 for, for the beginning of the next year. Holidays have us all running crazy. And I'm really excited because I'm starting the legendary life movement and the goal of that is to help you achieve your, your goals that you set out to do for 2016 because so many of us we just we start off the year with a bang and then we falter a couple months into it and we drop off our goals and we stop our our motivation goes down and we end up not accomplishing what we want. And we look back at the end of the year and repeat it again, right? We set big goals for the next year and repeat that cycle. So this is going to hold you accountable to keeping your commitment to achieving your goals. And so I'm going to do another episode each week for a year, another weekly episode, and it's going to be a quick one, but it'll focus on helping you stay on track with achieving your goals. And I will get into that more next week. But today, I want to talk about an idea before I get to the two questions, two great questions from listeners. And that is disrupting yourself. And disruption is something that's being thrown, a term that's being thrown around a lot lately. Like Uber has disrupted the taxi and transportation business because they're giving great customer service and they make it easy. You can just go on your Uber app and get an Uber and they'll show up in a couple minutes. I mean, it's amazing. You pay all with credit cards, so you don't even need to have cash. And the point is that Uber is the future. The taxi industry is the past. And if the taxi industry doesn't step up and innovate and do something different with themselves and improve their customer service, they're gonna go the way of Kodak. They're gonna go the way of Blockbuster. In other words, they're going to become obsolete. The business is gonna go under, it's going to disappear. So what's that have to do with you? Well, the fact is that so many of us, in fact, all of us to some degree, are living in our past. We're living in our comfort zones. We're not consistently pushing ourselves to try new things, to challenge our beliefs, to learn something new, to push ourselves into this new era that we're living in. And why don't we do that? For most of us, it's because of how we grew up. Our parents, our friends, the people in our schools, our teachers, the principal, on and on. We have beliefs about ourselves that don't serve us. We believe things about ourselves that aren't true. Think about what you say when it comes to yourself. Like, oh, I'm not the type of person who knows how to make money. My family struggle with money and I struggle with money. It's it's like in our DNA. That's a limiting belief. Or, oh, you know, my parents had a bad relationship. I'm not good in relationships, so basically that's the rest of my life, okay? Bad relationships or not great relationships or not awesome relationships. That's my. That's just how it is. Or, oh, my parents weren't in shape. They didn't exercise. They ate bad foods, so I eat bad foods, and so I don't exercise. And what we're really saying is that that's how we grew up, but in this new era that we're in, in this modern era, now we understand the idea like Carol Dwick, it's, hopefully I said her name right, there's a growth mindset and a fixed mindset. And the fixed mindset is that if you believe that everything is about who you are, like inherent talent, like it's in your DNA and either you have it or you don't, then there's, then you're gonna have a real problem The things that come easy to you, you're going to say, oh, yeah, it's because I'm so awesome. It's in my DNA. And the things that are difficult for you are going to be the things that you say, oh, you know what? That's not for me. Exercise isn't for me. Eating healthy isn't for me. Taking care of my body, having great relationships, making money, having a a career or a business that I'm super passionate about is not for me. Now let's get into the growth mindset. The growth mindset is that, okay, well, I may be naturally good at this thing for whatever reason. Maybe my parents instilled uh, some knowledge or values or whatever skills that made me a little better at it, or maybe it's, it, it is in our DNA. But you understand that you can learn anything. You can be almost anything, right? Right. Now, if you're five foot tall and you have a 12 inch vertical jump, you're probably never going to be in the the NBA. You're probably never going to play professional NBA. But that's a, that's like out there. What you can do is you can achieve something amazing with your life. We all have that opportunity. If you're a person right now listening to this over the internet on iTunes, on your phone, in your car. You have the opportunity. You have the message coming into your ears now that this is the time for you to step up, to, uh, f- to work on your weaknesses and to even strengthen your strengths. But it's all a matter of skill. Everything is a skill and some things may come easier to you than others. For example, this stuff for me. Uh, This business stuff, this technology stuff, it's hard for me, but I'm learning and I keep going versus the fitness stuff that it comes really easy to me now because I've been doing it for so long. Um, And you have things like that in your life, but everything is learnable and either you can learn it or you can hire someone to do it. And that is the world we live in, the world of opportunity. So the whole idea of disrupting yourself is I want you to constantly and consistently push yourself outside of your comfort zone. I want you to to challenge what you believe about yourself, what you believe is possible for you. I want you to challenge that. If you think you suck at math, Like that was a thing for me for a long time. I was terrible in math, but you know what? I hired tutors and I went to these tutoring classes and I ended up getting straight A's in math. And all of a sudden I was like a a little bit of a math whiz. I even ended up tutoring math and chemistry. Subjects that I didn't take, this was in college because in high school, I didn't even take them because I was in this special class. Story for another podcast if I haven't already told it. But I want you to disrupt your thinking, your negative thinking about what you think is possible for you. Okay. That is how I want you to disrupt yourself. And I want you to make it a goal for 2016 to push yourself outside your comfort zone to make something happen in whatever area you feel that you're not good at, whether it's health, relationships, communication, whatever. Okay. So... That said, let's get on to our first question. This comes to us from George. And he goes on to say, Hi, Ted. First off, I love the podcast. Honestly, I don't remember how long I've been listening, but I know you've had three podcast name changes since I've started listening. I love that you seem genuinely honest and the podcast is not about pushing products that you don't actually use. Anyway, I've got an ask tag question for you. I know the podcast is all about living a legendary life, but one thing I struggle with is when something is needing more work, and when something is your personal limit. Wow, that's a, a a great question. And he goes on to give a little bit of background. He's a little bit of background about me. I'm 42 years old, and about five years ago, I decided to get healthy. I started running, but had to give it up due to issues that I will mention below. Now I'm into powerlifting but I do work on mobility and body weight stuff as well. After five years, I'm fairly comfortable with what I can do overall, but there's some things that still get me. For instance, I would would love to be able to do a pistol squat and I do try to accomplish it. I know for a fact that I can handle the weight on one leg, but the thing is my legs bow a little and the muscle of my legs are fairly large. Because of this, I'm more comfortable standing shoulder width apart. I find that if I do squats or deadlifts in a more normal stance, it will lead usually lead to me injuring myself. So I've moved to a wider stance squats and sumo deadlifts. As well as if I try to go more than 50% one rep max weight to do a more like ass to grass that will often end up with bruises on my knees because ba- the back of my upper legs ends up hitting my calf way before I'm ass to grass. So I've stopped going that low when I'm at a higher weight. Okay. But the big thing is as I look into more bodyweight stuff to cycle through, I have trouble with pistol squats. I just can't accomplish them at all. I can step up to, say, a platform and step down fine on one leg. But if I try to do a pistol squat, the foot just folds over and I end up falling over. So I always have to stabilize myself at the top and the bottom, which is why stepping up works better. Now, like I said in that case, I'm fairly certain it's because the way my legs are. But there's always this voice in the back of my mind that says, I just need to work on my balance more. So I'm kind of interested in what you have to say about when to push forward and when something might not be for you. And George, uh, and and he goes on to say, thanks for the great podcast, George. And George, thank you so much for your question. And it's a great, great question, man. I mean, there's some things I've had to give up, right? And we all need to make that call. Uh, Before I get to the pistol squat, because I do want to address that specifically, let's talk about some general things. If you're a bigger guy, if you're in the 200 plus pounds, 220, 250 plus pounds, body weight stuff, body weight exercises are gonna be much more difficult for you. In fact, to do a muscle up or a, a pistol squat is actually a lot more doable than a, than a muscle up for a big dude. But a muscle up or doing high reps of pull-ups that's just going to be really hard to do. In fact, to get there, you'll probably have to lose weight. So not for everybody. There's some genetic freaks out there, but knowing when uh, to push forward and when something might not be for you, I'll tell you right now, uh, heavy deadlifting is not for me at this moment. I, I I actually do really well with heavy deadlifts, but I have this thing in my neck right now that just, it's out of the question. So that would be my first thing, is uh, if something is injuring you, then either you're not progressing the right way, you're not approaching the exercise the right way, or it just might not be for you, okay? And you you have to know when, and there's this idea that, oh, don't be a quitter. Don't, you know, I would say, don't quit working out. That's what I would say, but you don't have to do anything, any specific exercise or any method of exercise. Okay. You don't. And, uh, for example, I will never do CrossFit. I will address the whole CrossFit thing another day. If that's something you're interested in, in my opinion, but I'm never going to do it. Why? Because kipping pull-ups and uh, mixed with the Olympic work and the running and all the craziness, I know it's going to injure me. So I don't do it. So that is an example of something that isn't for me. And I would never tell myself or someone else in my position to say, oh, well, come on, stop being a wimp, push forward, especially with that. Uh, especially since I I've given 12 years of my life over to jujitsu, I want to throw those people in a jujitsu class and see how they do. It's a lot different when, uh, the weights are fighting back, if you know what I mean. So, so, uh, take the ego out of it and really look inside yourself and ask yourself, okay, is this really something that I need to be doing? Why do I want to do this? And is this good for me? And you have to make the judgment call at the end, but it is a really great great question. Now let's get specifically to the pistol squat. Okay, the pistol squat, in case you don't know, it's a single leg squat. So imagine if you're standing up and you lift one leg in front of you, right? You just lift one leg in front of you. So now you're standing on one leg and the other leg is out in front. And then you just do a squat on that one leg and your leg, your other leg stays out straight. So you need an incredible amount of flexibility to do that squat, especially in your hips and uh, in both legs, because when you're at the bottom of a pistol squat, that one leg needs to be pretty much straight out to keep it from touching the ground. The other leg needs to be all the way ass to grass, as uh, George said. So, It may not be for you, but I can't tell you for sure because I need to see a video of what's happening. Now, you're saying your problem is balance. And what I would say is, uh, and you mentioned, okay, I can step up and down fine, but it's at the bottom and at the top where you have problems stabilizing yourself. So what I would say is number one, if you're doing a lot of deadlifts and squats, Those don't transfer over very well to single leg exercises. So you may have, and they do, but not to the balance part. You may have the strength, but you may not have the the balance and the strength in the lower part of your leg, your foot and ankle. So let's talk about some things that you can do to try to stabilize yourself better. What I would recommend doing actually And I know a lot of people say, oh, when you stand on one leg, it works your core more. Uh, Stop listening to people who say that, okay? If you want to balance better, it really has to do, in most cases, okay, I, I don't know everybody, but in most cases, it has to do with the muscles of your foot and your ankle and how strong they are and how much mobility you have. So here's what I want you to try George, make sure you're doing a lot of stretching, stretching your hamstrings, your hip flexors, your adductors, your abductors, your hip abductors and adductors. And also do, uh, standing calf raises with no shoes on, make sure you do it with no shoes on. One of the things that I find happens to people who do a lot of squatting and deadlifting is that their calves don't get strong enough. So when you're, now they may work well uh, when, you, when you're using them together and you don't, and you have a very stable platform, but they don't work so well when you're standing on one leg, okay? And uh, if you l- remember Chad Waterbury's interview, he talked about how the calves grow best and get stimulated best by doing things that have a lot of neurological input. For, and, and that's a fancy way of saying have your shoes off and try to stand on one leg doing calf raises. And don't don't hold on to anything. Uh, and don't, you know, don't load it up and don't hold on to anything and don't do the normal calf rate, type of calf raises that you see bodybuilders doing. Just try to practice doing calf raises with no shoes on. And first you would want to use both feet. And uh, what you could do is, I would do high reps, and I would pause at the top. And high reps being, let's say, sets of thirty. Do three sets of thirty, and you could even do uh, you could even do more than that. Work your way up to even five sets of thirty, and you could do that two or three times a week. And make sure you pause at the top and try to maintain balance. So that's what you would do with both feet and your shoes off. Then you could, after doing that for, say, a month, you could start trying to do single leg calf raises where you pause at the top. And you may have to use some assistance. But uh, the calf, I know I in the interview with Chad, if you remember that, I kind of said, yeah, okay, Chad, nobody's that concerned with the calf. And that's because that's what I think you guys uh, want, but he he brought it back and he's right. The calf is so important to train. And it's something, if you have knee injuries as well, you want to look into that. So I know I kind of jumped around a lot, but uh, think about your mobility, George, and think about your ability to stand on one leg and to do uh, uh, calf raises with both legs and then move to one leg. Okay. And you'll find that your balance gets a lot better when your foot muscles get more engaged and get stronger as well as your ankle muscles. So I hope that was uh, clear enough. I know I jumped around a bit because it wasn't that specific of a question, it was more general. So now let's get to the pull-up, how to do more pull-ups. And uh, this is another message from a listener, and this comes to us from Sonia. And she goes on to say, good morning, Ted. I recently started listening to your podcasts over the past few months and have thoroughly enjoyed the information you provide. I wanted to let you know that the recent podcast you presented with Chad Waterbury has actually been a bit of an aha moment for me. I'm 38 years old and I've been training in martial arts, specifically Kempo Karate, the past four and a half years with my daughter, which includes MMA style conditioning classes that I also attend at our school. Through this training, I've had amazing results in gaining fitness, winning our 90-day fitness challenge twice. In the past two years, I've caught the bug of obstacle course racing and also running. While I've been able to implement and see success on the running front, I've struggled with certain components of OCRs. And I, sorry, I don't do obstacle racing, uh, but I'm guessing that's upper body something or another. Anyway, primarily upper bodies type obstacles. My nemesis at the moment is the monkey bars. So in order to overcome this, I've been trying to find ways to increase my skills and abilities for obstacles that require grip strength and upper body holds and moves. In addition to adding some time at the gym with weights, I've been using a chin-up bar at home. I hadn't seen much success with a chin-up bar because I didn't know how to develop a program that I could start with and follow consistently. Most required that I do more reps than I could do without struggling heavily near the end. After listening to the approach presented in the recent podcast where you both recommended smaller reps but higher sets, I have just in a couple of sessions seen better success in actually doing more pull-ups, chin-ups than I could before. Being able to feel successful in such a short period of time has been incredible, incredible for me. Please extend my thanks to Chad as well and continue to keep up the great work. I will be sharing these tips and techniques with my daughter so that we can both continue to be a kick-ass mother-daughter team on and off the mats. Have a fabulous day. Cheers, Sonia. Sonia, thank you so much for the email. I really appreciate it. And it's awesome that you're kicking ass in your martial arts classes and you're doing it with your daughter because... uh, that is awesome. You're teaching her some serious lessons about confidence, about being self-reliant, about knowing how to take care of yourself even in a tough situation. So, uh, that said, let's get to the uh, the pull-up. And by the way, I don't race obstacle uh, courses. I don't do obstacle course raining like uh, uh, raining racing like tough mudder or any of those things probably won't. Uh, I've already done my thing in Brazilian <laughs> Jiu Jitsu, so I while I don't know what you go through with that, I will tell you that you are correct that your uh, upper body pulling exercises you need to develop more strength. And what you said before is you were trying to find pull up programs, but they had too many reps. They had you do too many reps, and you got to the point where you weren't able to do that much. So uh, what you want to do is to focus on building strength. How do you build strength? You use high number of sets and you keep the reps low. So for example, the the uh, rep scheme that we talked about with Chad is 10 sets of three reps. And that has the benefit of having high volume because you're doing 30 reps and uh, you, because we talked about, let, let me just back up a little bit. So we we talked about three sets of 10 versus th- 10 sets of three. Three sets of 10, you're using a moderate weight, something that you're going to burn out with, you're going to feel the pump with. But that doesn't build strength that much. And what Chad was saying is it's not that effective for building muscle because you don't hit those bigger muscle fibers because the weight's just not heavy enough. So what he was saying to do instead is 10 sets of three. Uh, that's something I've done. I've done 10 sets of one, 10 sets of three. And what happens is you're still getting 30 reps if you do 10 sets of three, but you're using a much higher weight. And that ends up challenging the bigger muscle fibers, the ones that respond best to strength training, and the ones that get stronger, faster and, and actually build more muscle, right? And uh, the building muscle thing that's a more complicated uh, that's a more complicated discussion, actually. but we know that, that lower reps with heavier weight is superior for building strength. So I'm glad that you've started doing that and followed that uh, uh, protocol. So if you're out there and you're listening, you want to do, if you purely want to build strength, you want to do lower number of reps, say five and under, and you wanna do a higher number of sets. And uh, that is what builds strength. Now here's something interesting about the obstacle racing and in particular, the monkey bars. If you put on muscle at the same time you're building strength, you may not feel like your performance is getting better. I'll tell you right now, I competed at 185 when it, I was in jiu-jitsu, and now I'm 205 pounds, 203, 205. So pull-ups are a lot more difficult these days for me, but I'd rather be bigger because uh, that it, that's just what I want to do right now. I spent so much time being small. But if I were to compete in jiu-jitsu again, I would seriously consider about l- losing some muscle as well as fat because it would allow me more power, more, it would allow me to uh, have the same level of conditioning, but my weight would be lower. So I'd be pushing less weight around. So if you're trying to do monkey bars, it's gonna be really difficult for you if you're a strong guy, but yet you're also uh, very muscular, very heavy and muscular. And what we're talking about here is absolute strength versus relative strength. So absolute strength is simply the amount, the maximum force you can exert. So how much weight you can lift regardless of of how much muscle you have or your body size or any of those other things, okay? And relative strength is the amount of strength you have relative to your body size. Another way to say it is how strong are you for your size? So let's take a 200-pound guy who deadlifts 500 pounds and let's take a 250-pound guy who deadlifts 500 pounds. So not they have the same amount of absolute strength, but the relative strength of the 200 pound guy is much higher. And the reason why that's important is because let's say you don't care about athletic performance at all. You just want to be as big and strong as you can. Then, then you care about absolute strength, right? Relative strength. It doesn't matter because you don't, you don't perform in obstacle races or anything else, but relative strength is important for athletes. So you want for an athlete that does obstacle courses, you want to be as light as you can and as strong as you can versus not caring about whether you put on weight or not. And you see that also in MMA fighters because those guys usually don't want to go up a weight class. They want to be as strong as they can for their size, but they want to make sure they don't train so much that it puts on muscle, and takes them up to the next weight class because that totally changes the game for them, right? So I hope that clears things up, the difference between absolute strength, relative strength, why it's important to just increase strength without increasing muscle when you're doing things like MMA or obstacle racing. And uh, here's what I've done for you. I've created a three-month pull-up program, and I want to give it away to you for free. And all you have to do is go to legendarylifepodcast.com, sign up with your email, and I'll send it to you. And like I said, if you email me at TED at legendarylifepodcast.com and ask for the pull-up program, I will send it to you as well. So this is not just some three-month thrown-together quick program. You're going to know how many reps you can, you're supposed to do, how many sets, how many reps? each week, and each week builds on top of each other, and each month builds on top of the previous month to help you improve your pull-up strength. I promise you this will be one of the most powerful pull-up programs you've ever done, and I'm giving it to you for free. And even if you can do a lot of pull-ups already, you could follow this same program. Just add the uh, add a weight vest or you know use the belt and throw throw the weight on. And you will see your pull ups and pull up strength climb incredibly over the past or over the past? no, the next three months. So don't take my word for it. download it. Go get it from the website legendarylifepodcast.com or email me for it. I'll send it to you and put it to use. And if it sucks, I want to hear I want to hear you tell me right? Tell me that it sucks, but it doesn't because I spend a lot of time writing it. And uh, if it works for you, I also, I want to hear your success. So either email me, go to the website, make that happen. That's how I've got for you. And I'll talk to you soon.